What's up? And welcome back to episode 29 of People Like Games. If you don't know by now, we're going to take it old school. Shame on you and your family. <laughs> it's about it's about time. It's about damn time you guys start getting familiar with the A squad yeah. in the building. I'm Solo and I'm Lilo. And this is the show. Uh, yeah, welcome back. Uh, it was a pleasure. Yeah. Last week we had a little bit of a fun and slow. It is was actually last week now, but we had a pretty yeah. slow news week, and so we ended up getting the opportunity to just have a little bit of fun, ask some questions, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, this week we actually have a bit more substantive material for you. As we had mentioned in our last episode, today's topic uh, for the final lap is going to be unionization uh, amongst game developers, uh, focusing sort of on a roundtable discussion that occurred at the Game Developers Conference uh, about last week, and or last week, I guess it'd be the appropriate way to put that. Um, and then, you know... I'm impressed you're actually following up with that. Yeah, exactly, you know, exactly. Lilo was doubting the boy, but... The boy, the boy delivers. The man delivers. We'll see. We'll see how you we'll deliver. Do. We'll see how you deliver. And then, what are the other things we got going on? What else we got here? So we're also going to be diving a little bit into a potential new segment that we're going to call the rumor mill, where we find a lot of cool speculation online, and we want to be able to bring it up and elaborate. Ex- right? Yeah, I guess? that's about that's an accurate way. But I was going to say spectaculate. Um, <laughs> But that's not a word. We don't want to throw out too many fancy terms. Exactly. Don't want to throw out too many. In Double uh, Connection, that's not a word. Anyway, um, also, let's get these plugs in here. I say why not, because we do have a Twitter. Said Twitter could use some more followers. And mm-hmm. the handle is at people at games. Hit us up. Say what's up. We'll say what's up back. And then we could be friends and play video games. We want to hear your opinions. Please let us know. Also, yeah, if you had the opportunity to check out last week's long-ass episode, think about those three questions that we were talking about and give us your opinions on them, whether or not yeah, we're gonna, how we're you gonna define a gamer them. all that stuff. Yeah. We're going to re-ask them you this could. week for you guys on Twitter, and we, we're going to read back your responses here on the episode. So give yeah. us a couple of good you ones. You can a shout-out. Exactly. There you, go. you get your handle, and you get your opinion read. If it's good, and <laughs> <laughs> only if it's only good. If it's objectively good. speaking, objectively speaking, because my opinion is subjectively objective. Anyway, mm. we are and can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Anchor. What's that last one? SoundCloud, obviously, and and obviously not. not Spotify or title. So where just, the fuck you know, is our invite at this point? We'll we'll get him. We'll get him eventually. Just, maybe maybe it's like a thirty episode cutoff. I just so start my own goddamn podcast. Friday. <laughs> my own we podcast can. network. We can just do that. I was going to say we, we have a podcast, say, but we'll yeah, start yeah. another one just about ranting on, yeah. on Spotify. Exactly. And, uh, and title. People don't like Spotify coming soon to you. 
<laughs> PBLS. Exactly. But uh, people don't like Spotify. So uh, I All guess right. if you guys remember, now we're gonna jump into our show here. We got next coming yeah, up. Uh, we're probably going to change that title, but uh, you know, without without uh, keeping you guys much longer. But so, shall we jump into it? Shall we jump? Let's jump yeah, into let's it. Let's do it. All right. As the first headline title for those fans of the series Nino Kuni, there is an article that came out on COG Network, COG, about Level 5 and an interview with the CEO. And essentially, long story short, CEO of, L- of Level 5, the company that produced um, Nino Kuni, to Revenant Kingdom, he promises that all future games uh, were going to be available on Nintendo Switch. Apparently, that was a big level of contention. People were upset that it was only exclusive to PS4 and PC, but um, he's letting you know that in the future, it's coming out. It's coming out on Switch. So for all you handheld fans that want to bring those things around, your wish has been answered in the future. Next. And now in actually a bit more bracingly uh, real world or realistic news, rather. Um, so if you guys aren't familiar, last year, I guess last year being December, January, a situation occurred in Wichita, Kansas, in which a uh, resident of the town named Andrew Finch was shot and killed by police who happened to be responding to a false report of a hostage situation at a local home. Uh, it They responded to a fake situation because uh, there was none, and that's because two gamers online ended up having a little bit of a bet or wager over a Call of Duty game that ended up going wrong, and they partook in something that's called swatting, which is you call a SWAT team on a hostage situation to someone's home. It's fucking ridiculous concept. and. Yeah. Kind of um, crazy, you know. You know, I don't even know what to say. I, what else is there to say about something fucking? Unfortunately, resulted in the loss of someone's life. And long story short, I guess Senate. Yeah, they're coming uh, yeah. out with new matters. The state is passing the Andrew T. Finch bill or HB two five eight one, which will increase the penalty for making a false call. Uh, obviously, there's already one, but it will now carry a harsher sentence from 17 months minimum in prison to 32 months minimum up to 20 years um don't swat in real time don't fucking swat man don't fucking swat don't do it it's not funny you don't mess around people's lives it's uh just keep the gaming to the gaming exactly simple but now Let's get get on something. Next. All right. Next, we got, uh, for those of you who are wondering whether or not eSports is ever going to join the limelight, this is another token in that favor. Mainstream. And, yeah, hopefully growing. Um, The Turner and IMG's E-League earns a TBS Sports Emmy nomination for Outstanding Live Graphic Design, as does League of Legends for Riot Games and YouTube. Uh, Twitch and TBS share a nomination for Transmedia Sports Coverage for the E-League, while TBS is also nominated for the George Wenzel Technical Achievement Award for the use of AR characters on the E-League broadcast. Long story short, E-League Sports Broadcasting, the technology that you're using is getting recognized in the industry, and they're coming out with Emmys, man. So it's good for us, good for production, good for fans of the games and good for you know the future of esports in that we getting recognized baby we getting recognized that's pretty much it anyway next what else do we have here uh no man's sky which lilo had mentioned on last week's episode would be coming out on xbox one as well as with a new major update 
uh, for all platforms titled. <laughs> guess what the title of the platform update is? Next. <laughs> yeah, oh so God. That's copyrighted by us. Yeah. Right. But anyway, <laughs> or trademark rather. Anywho, um, it's being uh, listed for forty nine ninety nine because apparently a game in which you can do nothing apparently will be priced at a uh, price point that no man will buy. Anyway. <laughs> oh. I see what you did there. Shots fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. Pretty good. But what else we got next? All right. Next, and wrapping up, the next segment, subject of change, of course, uh, we have Iterate. PAX East is coming out this weekend, or rather PAX East is occurring this weekend. And if you don't know what PAX East is, PAX East is uh, essentially a big festival for gamers, celebrating gamers, by gamers, and they happen all over the country. There's PAX East, there's PAX West. Um, what else? PAX South, PAX Australia, PAX Unplugged, which is in Philadelphia, PAX Development, and other events that are powered by PAX, aka sponsored by them. Uh, it's just a big gamer festival, sort of essentially like a con, but yeah. hosts live events and talks and panels and things of the nature. I happened to go to BlizzCon this past year uh, because Solo was kind enough to invite me, and it was epic. So I can only imagine what PAX is like, and I really want to try to get up to Seattle this year if I can and make it up there, and maybe we can do like a segment about that. But Agreed. yeah, it's coming out this weekend in Boston, Massachusetts. For, so for anyone listening, Boston, Massachusetts, April 5th to, sorry, I can't even speak, April 5th through the 8th. Uh, buy tickets and go out there. You got some pretty cool people talking, lineups. It's uh, going to be pretty good. We're going to see what news comes out of PAX. Boston, I feel like yes. I was... Very familiar with Boston at one time. Point. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Anyway. It's another life. In another life. <laughs> For serious. Anyway, uh, let's let's get on to a, a little bit of quick scope here. Um, and to boot things up, because obviously I think we have now gotten into a progression where Lilo gets the more positive stories and I get to do the more... <laughs> more... Uh, requiring of some biting opinions pieces so speaking of things that went wrong if you know coming off of my my no man's sky pitch um Niantic, if you're not familiar is the developer of the wildly popular mobile game pokemon go uh it had what was called a pokemon go fest in chicago last year and it was a mess. Apparently, the internet. There's so many people that ended up coming that they couldn't get online, and so everyone <laughs> who went couldn't get online. Uh, That's crazy. It's, it's it's pretty hilarious, but you know, it makes sense. I mean, like it, it happens at big events. It like does. it's just you you makes sense. You can't get that many people around a phone and or with phones and connections and whatever the case is. It was it, there was going to be issues, but apparently there was a full blackout of the internet access. So. Um, apparently, they quickly acknowledged it went wrong and pledged at the time to give people a full refund of the ticket price, $100 worth of in-game currency, and a legendary Pokemon in-game. However, you know, this was a, a you know, certified gigantic festival, but uh, funny enough, someone within a week of the ending of the festival filed a class action lawsuit um against Get my Niantic. Money back. and so th- that's, that's the sure. point of this report where they settled for 1.6 million dollars uh 
and for that will cover travel fees, hotel costs, car rentals, basically anything that would have cost you getting from somewhere to the festival. And but the one point is, or the one, uh, I guess, what would the word here be? One catch is that uh, any uh, cases over one hundred and seven dollars require receipts. So. If you went to yep. Pokemon Go Fest in Chicago, go get $107 worth of stuff. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you kept your receipts. Yeah. Luckily, everything's on the interwebs now, yeah, so if you use your credit card, you're, you're set. Seriously. And but if you use cash, well, use a credit card so you have all of your... <laughs> <laughs> so you have your records, right? Build. You know oh, what's man. more important than Pokemon Go? Credit. <laughs> <laughs> Credit is important for many things. In all fairness, this is like a drop in the bucket for Niantic. They made so much stupid yeah, money exactly. off the game. So like made a $1.6 million settlement. Are you fucking joking? Oh, Jesus. That's uh, funny. Anyway. Um, all right. Moving on to our next subject. This is something that shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody, but I guess it's just made headlines because it happened recently. Fortnite has just officially passed GTA 5 in monthly active subscribers. For those who don't know, Fortnite... I don't know if that's more impressive you're for stupid. Fortnite or GTA 5 to have that many <laughs> no, Exactly, right? This is how I interpret this article. So uh, GTA 5 came out five years ago, okay, for, for reference, right? And since then, it's just gained in popularity. People, you know, it's the best-selling game of all time for Rockstar and made the most money, at least. And uh, they have created an online service that has been so addictive that their fan base has just grown year over year and they have the most monthly subscribers right now. Fortnite has recently like climbed past that and it's impressive because Fortnite did in a year what GTA 5 took five years to do, right? Yeah, and it just goes to show the power of the but mobile. But see, the difference, uh, the difference is, right, where whereas GTA had a slow burn up the ladder where they built the fan base like the same way, and this is what when I mentioned last week, which is, are we at peak Fortnite? Which is like, yeah, I think it, so. It, yeah, it, it, not it, it rocketed up so quickly that, like, if in five years Fortnite is still having this many active monthly users, I'll be like, damn, that's crazy. No, I feel you. Yeah, bright candle burns out the fastest. It, that kind of exactly. thing. You know, PUBG is a gonna, perfect example. It's just going up and coming back down. I don't know. It's either way. It was just a cool fact, and we don't have much to talk about other than that. But oh yeah, we it do. Is what it yeah, is. we do. We also have some <laughs> YouTube statistics, though. Um, not only did <laughs> right. Fortnite uh, end up surpassing GTA Five in monthly active users, it also surpassed a little game known as uh, Minecraft in YouTube hours uh, viewed. That, oh, shit, I didn't know that. That okay. is a pretty gigantically wild statistic. Uh, if you're not familiar, Minecraft has pretty much dominated online viewing. It is basically a eight, 8 to 12, 13-year-olds like, are built on Minecraft. That is a multi, multi-billion dollar uh, idea and IP for Microsoft who bought it for a billion dollars from Notch is the dude's name. Um, he's pretty funny. He's like a, a weird, dickish libertarian on Twitter. It's pretty hilarious. People don't like him, but <laughs> I'm like, whatever. That shit's hilarious. I'll take it. Notch, All if right. you ever want to come on the show, let's do it. I don't think people will be happy Share with us. Share some money, please. Sponsor, sponsor us. Ooh, <laughs> sponsor by Notch. 
Yeah, um, but sponsored by Notch. Yeah, it, it's pretty I'll wild it. to see. That's what's impressive to me. I think it's cracked like the eight to like twelve demographic, and so right, the popularity spans all ages, mm-hmm. and it's just it's not just college kids. It's not just high school kids. It's like you're getting into the kids that love Minecraft, love creating, just because of how addictive this game the is building, and how yeah. easy it is to play. Really, yeah. it's just it's building. It is building. I think it's the creativity, the things you could do in that game. That kind of aspect yeah, is pretty sweet. But anyway, well, speaking of everyone watching, you know, I guess all of this Fortnite on Twitch because it's every time you go on and everyone's just watching Fortnite streamers for the most part. But um, this actually relates to a discussion Lilo and I had a couple of weeks back uh, in regards to Twitch versus Discord, which is uh, in this story G two Esports, which is a sort of major. European East, uh, esports club, uh, pretty big in the Counter Strike uh, global offensive scene, CSGO, uh, have announced that Twitch is now its exclusive streaming partner and have entered into a multi year deal to deliver its streams, video premieres, and live interactions with supporters. I think that, that is interesting sense. only because uh, specifically it sort of solidifies what we had mentioned that. Twitch is now angling to be more of a content provider with, you know, making now exclusive deals with teams. Now that's going to be another contest. So now you have like Overwatch League, you know, rights to stream or view, right? And then you had, okay, well, there's only Twitch because people only watch on Twitch. You know, no one's going to watch on YouTube. Caffeine's trying to build. No, no, not, excuse me. No one's going to watch on Facebook. YouTube could build its audience, but it's sort of, not really growing its audience it's already it's competing against itself if you think yeah. about it twitch you know like well that's not well, true that's so not now true. it's okay. like if these teams are signing exclusive deals it becomes twitch sort of solidifies itself as a competitor of youtube instead of a competitor of discord and i think discord then by nature ends up becoming sort of a enterprise uh Forum. unto itself it's you know it's, it's sort of like a, it's just like an interaction forum yeah, they're all going to relate to each other but, people are using all of them when you like, think yeah, about it exactly which is that like now the the g2 team you know having done this will have their exclusive content deal with twitch but then they could all remember we had mentioned that the discord had signed specific servers for the team so yeah. now they're going to yeah, be yeah, yeah. partnering now we're going to see say caffeine or youtube make major plays to get exclusive to like cloud nine or sk gaming or whatever these huge team names are right right, it, right. I, trying to partner up with the teams try to partner up with content uh, I, I feel you. I'm, i i really like that i i think it uh it'll be cool to me personally to see some of that move up it just adds more money into the industry really at the end of the day all it does yeah but we'll see what other position uh, is good partnerships hopefully are good um oh. going on to something a little bit different just quick i thought it was interesting and this guy actually has a ton of my respect something thank you, you never hear thank either. you so uh, yeah. thank you, thank you. uh shaq shaquille o'neal the guy we all know who played for the lakers and i guess the heat um he's an nba legend he's a hall of famer that kind of stuff he joins Kingsguard Gaming. And why is that significant? And what is Kingsguard Gaming? Well, Kingsguard Gaming is essentially a gaming service that's pr- trying to create an NBA 2K League. 
and Shaq is joining the team as their GM. All right. And he's just to give you some stats on what Shaq has done in his life. He's obviously an NBA icon. He's a 2K legend. Shaq? Has been a three-time cover player. You don't know Shaq. He's Why a broadcaster are you to our show? Go learn who Shaq is and then come back and listen <laughs> to our true. show because you got a lot more but to learn way, about. Shaquille O'Neal is like incredible himself, just because he didn't go to college when he got into the NBA, but then he got his GED, went to the NBA, then he got his uh, he got his college degree post. NBA or maybe even during the NBA then he got his master's degree and then he got a PhD this dude is well educated well researched owns a shit ton of things all around the industry uh, not when I say industry all around multiple industries he owns a shit ton of five guys and fast food services he owns whatever he owns he's a minority owner in the Sacramento Kings they're not that great of a basketball franchise but don't worry about it and Shaq uh, is he is yeah Shaq Sacramento Kings minority owner minority owner and now he is influencing oh, wait, gaming no, no, no. and he's you, trying you, to be the you, GM you are uh, slightly mistaken it's a, the GM for the Kingsguard NBA 2K League team not the league it's going to be the, yeah yeah oh yeah yeah for the, the, team, for the team in yes. the 2K yeah, League for the team itself yeah, 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 yes yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I meant yeah, I'm sorry yeah, if yeah, I yeah, yeah, misconstrued yeah. everybody yeah. but anyway Neal is joining gaming and influencing gaming and his team and he wants to build the best team I don't know how he's going to do that what he's actually going to do I, if he's good at 2K but we'll see I don't know because it doesn't really surprise me if you see uh, if you've heard of a player formerly of the Lakers as well formerly of that same championship team as Kobe uh, Kobe, Kobe. Uh, as Kobe but regardless um, what was I saying Kobe <laughs> that, that, just, just saying Kobe. his name. Just saying his name. Kobe. Well, we were talking about Kobe. No, but um, <laughs> this player was also part of that three uh, P team. If you're a NBA fan by chance, the Los Angeles Lakers won three titles: ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand two. Regardless, Rick Fox, who happens to be the uh, one of the founders and owners of Echo Fox, and Echo Fox was a team that though it's still relatively young, was recently in the semifinals of the North American League of Legends Championship Series for, in its first year in the t- in the league. Pretty impressive. That's pretty, pretty good. Impressive. Pretty and, good kudos. And League know, of Legends is one of the most difficult games in the world. So, yeah. It makes sense to see them cross over. What sort of surprised me a little bit was just that check on the Kings. And I was like, huh. But now that he, now I know he's minority owner, it makes sense. So... Anyway, uh, let's get this uh, on to a next story. I'll make it relatively quick. Uh, Twitch ended up undergoing a series of layoffs at its Twitch studios. And, you know, Lilo wanted to cut this story because he thought it didn't have much relevance. But I thought it was interesting because Twitch is having a record year. I mean, you can't say that, like, and we'll touch on what record numbers and years this is for the gaming industry and how that is Mm -hmm. similar to the the music streaming industry, but that's another point for later. But uh, they just laid off a, a bunch of uh, head development team. They even let go of their director of content marketing. So uh, that's a curious move. I'm interested to see where Twitch is going. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We're it's, gonna, uh, it, 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 it sucks for those people, man. I just think it, the reason yeah. why I wanted to cut it is just like it makes sense. Like when an industry grows as much as Twitch has and as much as gaming has, has in the past year there's never really gonna be cuts um it's a business at the end of the day and these businesses 
they have to meet the bottom line. So a lot of people are hired in the moment when they get funding and they have to understand their, their investors, that kind of thing. But either way, I just think it's just like, I'm sorry that these people had to get cut, but they're growing anyway, right? Like they're growing and sometimes you got to... Let go of the baggage. Well, you gotta no, close I don't the think gap, it's gabbage. Say. I, I, baggage. I think it. Gabbage. Yeah, baggage. Gabbage. Gabbage. I think it's more so that um, the same person who grew you to that scale and cannot help you maintain or scale further from the pace you're on, or is right. I mean, Twitch has had right. enough you can't issues. Keep up. You've been riding the wave instead of like yeah, making directing the wave, it that kind exactly. Of thing, you know? And so, especially you now know? with so. having major competitors enter the market for the first time, uh, maybe Twitch makes sense to get in a couple of more. I, we're going to follow up on who they end up signing. I'm sure they'll end up signing a few big people, but they're going to be business oriented. Twitch yeah. is getting aggressive. They released a statement. They're trying Statements to don't count. That's PR nonsense. I'm just saying they they released a statement saying they wanted to grow by thirty percent. So keep in mind thirty percent of arbitrarily. Yeah, but like, if let's you go, arbitrar- if people, you re- so if like, you cut off that much money from the books, don't you automatically grow like twenty percent anyway? <laughs> if you hire the same number of people, but back, they're not maybe. going yes, to. So for a year, they just keep those people off the books and they show growth. Business. I don't know if that's the way we'll it works, but yeah, we'll move on. Um, so coming up to something that actually might hit home for some people everyone knows about a game that we covered a couple weeks ago spider-man okay coming out on ps4 it's an exclusive by insomniac games the same people who made over uh, sunset overdrive there's been some fluctuation with release dates and in, in a sense because they said they were gonna release it this year what the outcry is in the i guess in the environment in the um, gaming world is that they actually haven't released a definitive release date like they haven't told anybody when it was coming out and that sort of is a problem because it was first announced in e3 of 2016 that was over two years ago if you think about it almost two years so since that time there's only been a few trailers revealing gameplay but nothing definitive about the release date you know what it is since that time i think that um sony giving up the rights to spider-man over to marvel then making a new movie maybe a story whatever the case is i'm sure they had to take into account the changing the environment, the environment you think of the, spider-man's the entertainment ownership. industry exactly. and the, like the film like, industry i guess would so be, maybe would you be surprised if De- disney and marvel disney because marvel is owned you know disney steps in as a like, hey uh, you mind keeping this or that into the game for us? And it'd be like... That's the thing. Yeah, we don't know the details in their contract, but Sony still owns the rights to Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. Sony's still going to release Spider-Man movies. They just lease them out to Marvel. Yes. I know that sounds weird, yes, but that's yes, what yes, that's yes. what happened. So it could have affected this game, yes. I don't know. As a fan, I would want to know definitively Sony when this is coming out because you and I both they said... they were so bad that they had no absolute chance of making a valuable property with Spider-Man. So they were like, <laughs> hey, Marvel, we'll give him... To you, as long as you give us a little bit of money, and that little yeah, bit of money is going to be way more money they would have made on their shitty version of Spider-Man. That's hilarious. Much more testament to the machine that is Marvel. For as much as we hate how monopolistic it is, I mean, shit. At least putting out good content, and if you enjoy it, that's really all that matters at the end of the day. But let's Spider-Man. get into console selling yeah we'll see spider-man is a console seller anyway let's get into some more bright and cheery news um 
professional CSGO commentator Matthew Sadekis Trivet Trivet Trebek has decided to <laughs> has decided to during his birthday stream uh, drop a little racial slur. Um, that being the effing N word. Um, and <laughs> oh, goodness. oh goodness, these things and these things, these things because between him and Ninja just wrapped it. And like as much as I want to say, Ninja is racist for right, saying it. Was it was in the middle of a song. Well, even, yeah, the song didn't even have the word in it, so that's not even the point. For me, it's just like yo, he's riding the high. Like he's got like. Drake talking to him. He loves rap. Like, he got way so big so fast. Like I'll forgive a mistake or two, especially in a non-malice like that. But to use a hard R, to use it in anger, to use it while drunk is a very specific. He was definitely, definitely drunk. But this no, was but definitely he, drunk. To say it like that does not show that you've never said it before. That's my thing. Right, like right, when right, I right. heard it, I was like, "Oh, you it said this was before." In a solo event. Like, there's no doubt in my yeah. mind hearing that when I was like, "Oh, you said this before," but like, you didn't say that like it was your first time ever saying it. Like you said it like in a pointed, aggressive. I hear you. but you I could be wrong. You can't prove that. But you yeah, know, I was gonna say you can't prove it, but at the same time, I know people. That's like, so like, but at the same time, after saying it, um, he ended up sort of disappearing for 24 hours and. The reason I bring this story up is that because we've avoided, I guess, racial politics on the show and politics as a whole uh, for the reason that I believe, I guess, the gaming atmosphere and industry is pretty quick to jump on any sort of talk like that to be, quote unquote, SJW stuff. But when shit like this happens and you have other professional CSGO commentators, I'm not going to at people, but, you know, they're all of not the skin color that would be targeted with a racial slur like this, quick to jump in and be like, oh, we forgive you. You're such a good person. I'm like, well, who the fuck are you to jump in this conversation? And to be like, well, he really treats his friends good. And I'm like, "Uh, I I don't know. I don't trust a person by how he treats his friends. Regardless, he released a statement and it's heartfelt. It took responsibility. Maybe it's right. a PR yeah, He tried to own up to it. He quick. owned up to it, and he owned up to it in a, in a very full way. And the reason that for me um, that I give him credit for this, which is that um, you know he says himself, which is no person is void of judgment for their own actions. That applies to me as well. While I appreciate people trying to play down the situation, there are no grounds to do so. And that was my issue with it the entire time, which is like, yo, just Dude, don't play it, it down. Yeah. Don't be like, you know, some Austin Walker of Waypoint put it perfectly. It's like a kid in a playground does something bad. And when they say who said it, all the other kids just look down at the sand and, they're, oh, I didn't see anything, you know. And it's mm-hmm. like, he, it was a little rough. It was a little rough. So it's like, you know, I'm not going to be like, yo, this guy's racist. This guy's a terrible person. I don't know him. So I'm never, I would never say that. I think his apology was sincere and i think that these sorts of things should be more directly addressed by the peers and they don't need to do a public crucifixion or crucification of this guy but <laughs> crucifixion crucifixion <laughs> like but they could simultaneously I- just affirm that yo this is this is not an acceptable language and not reflective of the industry yeah. not to be like yo yeah. my advice is don't get drunk like fucking really dog yeah. like, not you but like, you know I, it, I know I, I understand I, I think 
in this situation, this is more going to happen. Oh, sorry. This is going to happen more often in the industry for sure. I think you're dealing with gaming and gaming is not necessarily a mature audience, as we know. Like blanket of anonymity. Yeah. That's what uh, we've been I, talking I about never a couple times. And, malice. and I was thinking in these situations, I think educating someone rather than putting them on the stake is going to be better because you're going to create right, right. more negative reactions from people to be like, oh, fire him from everything. It's like, no, nah, man, make him learn a little bit and, and teach him. And then That's the kids who follow teach him. Teach him and then it, an extension. Exactly. You teach the audience. You teach those individuals that are watching. I think more of this needs to happen. More discussion needs to happen. It needs to be more public. And while I'm sad to say this, look, we know it's going to happen again. We know someone's going to s- slip up, but more conversation is good. Yeah. It's good to show how bad it can that be. That I agree with. But, Anyway, let's, uh, let's, enough of exactly. that. Thanks for bringing the darkness, Bro, man. Thanks for bringing <laughs> you adopted the, the, the negativity. I was born <laughs> yeah. in it. You merely adopted right. the dark. <laughs> <laughs> the negativity what a, follows. What a relatively solo. bad movie, if you really think about it. God, it was. It was. I, know. I watched it because it was Christopher Nolan. I mean, yeah, we're not going to get in that. We're not going to get it. Many feelings. Tell us why. We're digressing. Hit us up about why Batman is not the greatest, or Batman, or the, <laughs> the Dark Knight Returns is. Yeah, the, yes. No, actually, I'm really interested in our next topic, and I actually don't know much about it. So get into this. Get into oh, this Jesus. for the people, my friend. All right. Well, uh, in case you're wondering, we've covered this several times, uh, but Overwatch being in its infancy, or rather in its second season, um, has been going through some growing pains and some changes. Of and its so first season. They're trying to... I mean, stage two of the first season, yes, but like growing pains in the sense that like they're new. They're trying things out. They're mm. willing to compromise and listen to the audience. Iterative, and iterative, iterative. Of, <laughs> <laughs> iterative development, baby. baby. Everything is iterative. Uh so what is overwatch league doing well overwatch made another tweak to its schedule and format to make the fans happy and to make the players happy so what they're trying to do is they're changing the stage finals okay the finals are still going to be played out on sunday but they're going to be decided in a tournament format okay where before it was the top three teams make the finals where first team gets a bye then the second and third team play each other oh, hey, and then it's they almost like i said play. continually every fucking time oh my god <laughs> oh right, my god right. let no, me no. get in there uh, explain this they're gonna have all in. four teams yeah they're gonna have all four teams play now and instead of the first team getting a bye the first team is actually the team that plays first or seated first rather is going to be able to choose their opponent which i think is interesting little twist on what you could do so it could bring up a lot more competition in the sense that say let's hypothetically say the spitfire is the team to um to take first, right, going into the finals. Spitfire gets seeded first, and they see that the Shanghai Dragons are in fourth. Well, Shanghai Dragons are technically in the playoffs too. You could choose to play the worst team immediately so that you know you make it to the finals and do that. I think it's very interesting to see how teams are going to approach the situation because it's like, are you going to go after the, the your strongest competition right away or are you going to go after someone that you know you can overtake much easier? And it's, you have options now. You have three other options to choose from. That's a really cool experience. And then obviously, um, whatever team, the first place team seed rather, does not choose, you're going to... The other two will play, and then you go into the it's finals. Like, it's just re- it's a really cool little twist. I think it's a really cool twist. I, I agree. I agree choose. that it does give a little uh, it gives a little motivation in that I feel like if you get chosen to be played, uh, if you get chosen, you get called out. 
you got to stop the other team. That's it. That's simple. You get, you get called, called out on the stage. Like, yeah, you guys suck. We're going to rock you. Come on up. Come on up, stage, <laughs> right? buddy. Let's say, come on. You put his arm around. Like, come on, buddy. Don't worry about it. Isn't that crazy? We're take it. Like, just thinking about it. You are getting called out. You're like, we're, we're going to choose to take you because we know we can beat Yo, you. And you like, oh, man. That that dynamic is unreal. That could be really cool. I just really think cool. of, like, the Sopranos episode. You ever watch Sopranos? With the, uh, when, yeah. when they try killing the guy in the woods. And he just keeps trying to run away and escape from him. It's like New York Celsius. Be like, come here. Try to chase down like the, the outlaws. Yeah, just get back here. Get but, back here. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, we won't I just want to say that it, it corresponds to exactly what I was saying, which was that uh, there would be a uh, change required for uh, the fact that one team had to play twice and the other team did not. And it looks like they you know, did a pretty original spin on a tried format. Uh, that would be interesting. And so uh, yeah. let's uh, let's get into our last story here for quick scope uh, because we did a few topics that ran a little long. Uh, but to get into a, a I guess, uh, interesting story, I was going to go on to a sad story, but we're going to go into a little bit more of an interesting one, which is that uh, ID at Xbox, uh, which is a program that allows uh, developers to release smaller independent games onto the Xbox One uh, is completely free. And so uh, they allow anyone to submit their game for certification, publish it to Xbox One, and update it as often as they want without paying anything at all. Differs from Steam in that Steam requires a $100. Yeah, we had this conversation with... Uh, right, right. This ties into what we were talking about last episode and a couple couple weeks back. But it's the same idea of idea to Xbox is game developer tools. So Epic Games recently released all of its IP stuff for Paragon. That's really, really cool. Um, other services have been trying to get into um, releasing their tools for developers. And in this situation, we wanted to highlight Microsoft doing the same thing already. And it's something that we didn't know until we did some digging. Idea to Xbox is completely free, like Solo was saying, and they offer some tools that allow you, they give you some software tools and middleware tools for creating your program. Uh, they're, it's completely free service, so they're trying to get you to release their games. And they also go into the um, director of this whole program, talks about how interesting it is when you get so many games released, you have to curate the workspace and it's something Sol and I were thinking about. It's how Steam, people release so many games on Steam because it's such a public forum and free and anyone can do it. And you, you some of the games get lost in the noise mm -hmm. and idea at Xbox tries to get around this by offering different avenues to expose your game and get your game out there. And he goes into how they curate essentially the front page and how they curate what games are coming up. And yes, they're going to highlight their Xbox IPs or any games that are supposed to be sequels or more popular, but they're also trying to give tools to developers to every news that you give them, the company or idea at Xbox about your game, they'll release, they'll show to the public. They'll try to spam and let you know that they're out there. They'll tell your story, that kind of situation. I I think it's really I, I really it's it, cool. it is interesting and and I think it, it, it addresses you know as you can tell Lilo is a very passionate fan of developer toolkits for platforms yeah. and so he had to yeah it, it, more content more content, man. more content by giving the content to the people but regardless um, it is really interesting because uh, it is a very general problem and I look at it maybe the same way you would with uh, a movie or uh, a song, right? With a movie, say you're on Netflix, right? They used to just allow you to read a description. Now they give you the option to 
get a trailer of it, you know, like if you just click directly. Yeah. Right. And I think that functionally changed. They did that because they needed that functionality because they went away from known commodities of famous movies and television shows to their own shit. So when you're selling your own shit, right. you have to give what? A preview. And so, you know, taking all of this content that had already been famous was much easier to display and sell on its own than your own content. And then to see Steam, et cetera, like, I don't know why they don't do, like, every day, like, 15-second, well, you know, the Twitch has Twitch moments. Like, I need to do, like, 15-second, partner with Snapchat, release 15-second videos of game clips. Gameplay? Yeah. Something yeah, exactly. like that. Like, new gameplay? No, I feel Like a yeah. rotating like, cast. Like, there's, there's a lot of so content-oriented. Steam has so many products. Oh, so many products. And, and you know, I'm sure that's Xbox will, too. That's the difference it's there. It's impossible. It, once you eliminate the barrier to entry, uh, you're going to get a lot of shit, and you're going to get a lot of good shit, but how it finds yeah, its way yeah. to the surface is random cream rises i guess <laughs> cream, cream rises. rises to the top you know there's two mice uh two mice that fell in yeah you ever see uh yeah that's yeah. true yeah. yeah one keeps churning keeps churning keeps away keeps which churning keeps churning which the mouse am i you're the one that got out dad if you know yeah. what movie that's from uh, hit us up and then we'll give you something we don't know what we're gonna start doing we'll get giveaways. some cd keys yeah yeah and we'll give you something yeah we're gonna find a key of something but yeah, let's. Uh, we're gonna wrap up uh, quick scope on that note and jump into just a little uh, preview of a what the rumor. rumor mill is going to be like. I don't know what the sound effect is. I don't know what any of that shit's gonna be, but rumor mill sounds good. I want to do something like, with a piano. It's gotta be like some alien things, like some like background. Oh, the guy you with know, the, like some yeah, alien, alien noise, shit because you don't know what's going on. You're just like, huh. Is that conspiracy. alien? Like, what's happening? What's on the horizon? Conspiracy. I like it. Yeah. Uh, and so for this conspiracy theory segment, we have that Nintendo might be teasing a new Donkey Kong game. This is... Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. This is off the completely speculative fact that a Instagram post was released by Nintendo Italy that had the caption, there is no two without three. Now, this is according to with donkey with kong donkey by the kong. way with donkey kong in the, in the <laughs> yeah, image like obviously the obviously but <laughs> well, i said with none other than which features that's but yeah this is according to comicbook.com which shout out to you guys for getting that domain name impressive uh but mm-hmm. uh it means that there has been two donkey kong games donkey kong country returns and donkey kong country tropical freeze I think there'll be a third. Uh, what do you think, Lilo? You think the people want a new Donkey Kong game? I think the people always want any IP that Nintendo has to come out with new games. So, yes, I think that people want Donkey Kong, like diehard fans. I mean, I played um, a couple of the Donkey Kong games as well. I don't know if I'd be getting this. Really, I'll be honest. If I'm going to like spotlight anything right now, it's going to be Mario ooh, Tennis Aces. Ooh. I can't wait to play Donkey no, Kong no, in that because he's got the banana curl. No, if you're going to spotlight but, anything... What were you going to spotlight for? (laughs) (laughs) The game spotlight. Um, Didn't mean to jump past Donkey Kong too quick, but that was just rumor. That's all we got. It might be coming out. Maybe not. Uh, Now, going on the game spotlight, like Solo is saying, for those fans of Epic Games and Paragon, we got the spotlight for you, okay? So there is a spotlight of a project called Project Phoenix Rising that aims to be the successor of Epic Games Paragon. All right. 
this is done. This game is being created, or rather, this project is being created by a company called Visionary Games, and they have a small team of people at 68 people or so, and what they're doing is they're taking a lot of the things that Epic Games released and folding it into their own game. They're trying to make a first-person MOBA, or rather, a third-person MOBA, just like Paragon was, and... If you want to look them up, um, this is an article that Solo found on BlastAwayTheGameReview.com. goes into sort of the journey that Visionary Games is taking to create this new Paragon-esque game. And it's really, really cool for fans. I know it, like, it's not coming out anytime soon. It's in pre-alpha phase. <laughs> pre-alpha stage. phase. Not phase. <laughs> stage and phase combined is phase. It's one of those nights, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We're a little yeah. tired. We're a little tired, but we're, we're here for the people. A little tired. It's been long days. But pre-alpha, it's coming out. What they're doing is actually very interesting. They're live streaming their creation of the game. They're live streaming certain demos that they have. They're releasing YouTube videos of all the artwork and whatnot. Pretty cool. Check it out. Uh, Project Phoenix Rising. If you're into the MOBAs, (laughs) if you're into the MOBAs and want something like Paragon and hope and wished for something like Paragon to come back in the future, Visionaries Games, Visionary Games got you back. Cheer, cheer, cheer. Cheer, cheer, With that cheer. being said, and moving on to our final lap segment. Final lap. So, what we got going on? We have a longer than expected show. So you are crinkling some paper. Oh yeah, there. yeah. What's I'm getting on? this. I'm getting this uh, piece of paper right here in front of me, where I just noted a few terms worthy of remembrance. Remembrance, but uh, I had initially wanted to do a slightly lighter question sort of uh the fact that our record-breaking video game sales is the new normal and okay the reason i had brought that question up was that far cry 5 is apparently breaking records monster hunter nintendo twitch you know youtube literally every single genre of game sales numbers viewings etc is breaking you know records and that's because i feel like video game has the largest now base that it's ever had which is you know i can hear that technology is easier to access exactly and so that, you, you just have the most gamers of all time so when it used to be don't be attracted don't be stuck on the screen because you should go out in the real world and the only screen you could potentially have was a console or a computer you know now you have your right. now everyone's addicted to a screen so if you're playing a game on your screen versus on your computer like What's someone who's always on their phone to say to you? Like, hey, get off the screen. I was going to say, exactly. You, you got cell phones now. Mobile network, like gaming is more accepted. 50% of gamers are females. You've got Marvel movies coming out that are the biggest movies in the world. This it, it, genre is accepted everywhere. It, it, it's, ubiquitous it's ubiquitous now. now. It really yep. is. It is ubiquitous in the, in the gaming world. Gaming is going so, to become what Marvel is to movies. Uh, and so... Yeah. And it's the truth, and you'll see. The and term gaming is even it's it's interesting. And it, yeah. it, it's anyway, growing, on, and it's only on. because it's interactive. But instead of focusing on that so much, because I thought uh, Lilo, as we were doing our pre-show notes, made a really interesting observation, <laughs> which was that uh, very much like ESPN, it's just displaying facts and figures, uh, and for that, it's sort of just doing it to drive. Uh, to get people trying to drive sales, yeah, man. Perfect. Hype begets hype, as yeah, we're talking about. That's, what, that's like putting that's what Academy Award winner before the name of an actress or a, a director. Movie trailer, yeah. And it's like a shitty 
tornado, like Sharknado type movie. Like, doesn't even matter. Yeah. I think a lot of these record-breaking game sales numbers are coming in because it's all about the framework, baby. Oh, this is the top-selling game in the past five years, but not like before that. Like, I don't know what's the deal. Yeah. This is the top-selling game in this specific specific niche that was only created last year. In this is the top-selling game. <laughs> with right, uh, whatever the case uh, is, uh, uh, with VR and whatever. I mean, that's it's like the, the ESPN statistics anyway, which is like, like he got a triple. That, that's what yeah. I'm trying to say. It's like LeBron James had broke recently broke a cool record, and that was most consecutive games with 10 points or more, which is insane. Which 867. It's that's actually simple, insane. He beat Michael Jordan. Simple record. But, exactly. That is a s- simple record. When they go with like he's had like a half of a triple double. On Wait, how many games? games that, only. 867. <laughs> Uh, 867 867 wow. games with 10 points or more isn't that Double ridiculous but then you have these records that are like the patriots in nfl football were unbeaten at home in december every year for the past 12 years like you're putting so many definers on this yeah, bro exactly. like it's you're trying to make it sound so it's exciting under 30 and I think degree the weather teams are oh and two against north right. west, northwest northwest facing winds during the nor'easter of october but it doesn't even you know, like Trevor, no, Trevor Noah had, had the best example, which was that uh, when it comes to statistics, <laughs> Americans know sports, but when it comes to the, econ- the economy, people say, well, what can you say? But all of this I, I leads think, yeah. into the larger discussion, uh, and this might be a little one sided because we had initially uh, announced this on Friday uh, as the topic for the final lap, but then Lilo disappeared for the weekend, so we couldn't follow up together. I, oh, yeah. I disappeared yeah. Oh, yeah. for the weekend. Oh, I know. Okay. I'm just, All right, who started the job? Me or was it you? Okay, but okay. realistically, cool. I wanted to not have to do all this reading before I had to – before Tuesday, really, or before Monday, really, <laughs> the best way to put it. But regardless. So he did some speed reading. Let's go with that. He did no, some speed did reading some to not make himself reading. look like a fool. Real, real reading. Uh-huh. Yeah, a and real reading in 15 minutes. this is around the uh, roundtable that I had mentioned earlier at the Game Developer Conference uh, titled Pros, Cons, and Consequences of Unionization, which if you don't think that's a loaded term, you should Google what you should Google. Huh? You should Google what loaded terms mean and then say that out loud again after learning what loaded term means. And anyway, regardless, it was held by the IGDA and that is the Independent Game Developers Association. And it was held by the director, Jean McLean, and she is very anti-union. So that was sort of understood pretty early. And the roundtable discussion had a few developers, uh, no uh, representatives of game developers or studios, but it did have mm-hmm. an individual named Steve Kaplan, who is a union organizer for the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage, uh, or the Theatrical Stage of Employees in LA. And so the reason I mention all of this is that uh, one of the books that I had read early on, uh, or one of the first, you know, in first major enjoyable games I read about books and which got me into reading Game books about games was Blood, Sweat, and Pixels by Kotaku reporter Jason Trier. And the point of the game was to follow the development cycle of about 10 games, I believe. Uh, or was it 12? I think it was 12 games. 10 games. Me. And in those 10 games, <laughs> he really got into the uh, basically 
craziness, the irrationality of how difficult the lives of game developers were and how they were pushed to these sort of manic ends and sort of exhaustive and burning out just sort of unhumane or inhumane work working conditions or workmanlike conditions. Okay, I see where this to is going. Be able, I exactly, see. I to see. be able to meet some of these deadlines. And so now... You, <laughs> took you fucking forever. Oh, yeah, baby, it's yeah. coming, it's coming, it's coming. You got to right, wait. Going, the payoff, going. baby. Yeah. I'm a slow burn. So There's a payoff. The fact that you're starting to see the development cycle has largely been hidden. And the reason it's been hidden is because gaming has never really entered the mainstream. So when you compare the gaming industry to a lot of these other major... Uh, industry. So say the reason I had mentioned Steve Kaplan and his relationship to the uh, theatrical stage of employees in LA is that you think about the unions of actresses and actors. They're very strict, very serious. You think about the uh, unions when it comes to not manufacturing anymore, that's a fact, but when it comes to a lot of creative professions, when it comes to a lot of professional athletic associations, as we've talked about on this show as well, which is the need yep, for yep, yep. esports athletes to get into unions. And so it would make sense that game developers do because one of the basis, is, basis of these arguments were that uh, the IGDA does not have any leverage when it comes to a discussion or a negotiation when representing any developers. So if the game developers have no union and you're a single individual and you're trying to negotiate with the multi-billion dollar profit based revenue (laughs) (laughs) and you are going for a job there well you know what leverage you have fucking nothing you need a job you need the money they have a job they have the money it's simple and so they have all the power in this situation they have all the power and the basic premise of the argument is that the IGDA which is what the director John McLean is arguing she is arguing that that is enough to represent the, the developers and the developers' arguments are, well, you're basically a nonprofit advocacy group. What leverage other than studios' benevolence do you really have? And the answer is nothing. And so, you right. know, seeing that has really brought into perspective. So if you guys are unfamiliar, this is going to be a relative tangent, but it's going to be an analogous situation, which was that, there have been major unionization talks amongst digital news sites. And so groups like Fox, groups like The Verge, uh, groups like uh, Thrillist and DNA Gotham, which were trying to, in the process of unionizing, there are New York-based papers, New York, Chicago, there's a couple of uh, states uh, that were trying to unionize and were then uh, shut shut down basically by the owners because they would rather shut down the paper than to allow unionization. And I feel like there is a lot to of cost to these developers and their profit margins if they're going to have yeah, to cuts pay in the profits. legitimate salaries. I guess would be the word legitimate salaries, compensation, and as quick and healthcare and, and things about like to that. Give yeah. actual tenure essentially. To give respectable working conditions, this industry has never had like a, a, a magnifying glass put on it. And then to see how this reacting, and yeah. this relates very yeah. much back to an argument I get I've made on the show a lot, which is that. The IGD, which is that the ESRB had a conflict of interest when it came to regulating loot boxes. I didn't think they should be banned, but I was like, yo, kids are very susceptible to something like this when they have their parents' card on it. Like, you know, something's bound to happen. And so it 
this is just a further example that the IGDA is, you know, further proof that this industry doesn't really have the ability to self-regulate in areas that it may potentially hinder the amount of money it's going to make. And then to see some yeah. of these stories of yeah, yeah. the high turnover and the intense conditions, like, yo, when you get a, a new 2K every year, uh, when I see a new 2K or a new FIFA every year, I look at it, I'm like, how the fuck do you make that? Like, I know what a year is. Mm-hmm. How the fuck did you make that in a year? What the fuck? You right. literally were, you know, fucking people to death. shoe shop, you know, shoe sweatshopping <laughs> these dudes, putting them in a fucking yeah, basement yeah. with no windows and being like, work, work, work. And if you don't like it, get the fuck out of here because you don't have an option other than to work because every other studio you go to is going to require the same thing of you. So if you leave this studio on the terms that, yo, this guy couldn't cut it out. He had to leave. You think that it was giving you a good entrance into your next job? Like, right, right, right. I'm sure. I, th- I think there's bigger questions. We're, we're taking a negative spin on it. It I is think a negative it's not spin. It should be unionized. This, what I mean is, like, I don't think every studio is like I, that. I think but that no studio has I, allowed their employees to unionize. And, so, and that's one of the arguments of the game developers, which is this isn't unless I don't want the game industry to be regulated. In that sense of like, oh, the government's going to come in and they're going to uh, put these top-down, re- you know, regulations on it. I want them to be like, okay. yo, there's a bottom-up wor- swirl that you can make where it's like, if one major developer ended up, or the studio ended up being like, we're going to allow our employees to unionize, that would change because then there would have to be companies that would be have to match that, or it would allow other companies that are on. Yeah. They're changing the culture of the gaming industry, and I think that's incredibly hard to do. It comes from the people. The people are also hesitant to do it. Some people love what they do. They w- enjoy working long hours because they're passionate yeah, about the projects. The, the Other thing people is, that's are what, turning but, over dumb but games. But that's what they mention in, like, in it as well, which is like you take people who, and this is what the developers mention as well, like you find people who are very, very invested in delivering a quality product as a means to them, so just as who they are, as to who they are as individuals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you, you work them to the bone, and then you make them like replaceable. It's like it's pretty much how cogs in a in a machine. Cogs in a machine, and, and that's just, how they feel. And, and I'm not saying like, oh, what was you? It's like yeah, you probably make some. How, how do you think there's going to be change then? What do you think needs to happen? Because I think that's the I think, bigger I issue. I think it needs to be the, spiel, the yeah. same standards that I had mentioned for the overwatch league which is when when their issues occurred i was like where is the transparency transparency can solve so many issues and there's never transparency to solve issues so when i say overwatch league release your full memo or release your full private or your full player conduct policy it's like ah nah sorry we're not going to do that unless a journalist gets it on the low and then decides to leak it and then even then we're going to be like we don't comment on individual lines of the ethics code refer to our general statement on our website, which is refer to our fucking, you know, it's like a catch-22. It's like, right. turn this over, turn this right, over, right. turn this over. And so... It seems like if there's more competition in the in the business or in the gaming world, then these bigger companies won't have all that I power. I just want them need- to create a standard of requirements, you know? Like, there should be work hour limits. There should be deadline limits. Like, it's this... But to do that, then the consumers. You, it means there has to be regulation across. Yeah, I mean, it's consumer driven, but it also needs the yeah, workers need to I'm, wake I'm up and realize that that's what's happening. Are going and then, to be affected. That's who is going to be like, yo, like if you have to wait, if your game, it, it's 
Would you be willing to make a game into construction? You know, when you're like, see a construction happening and right. it gets delayed. No, exactly. Would yeah. you be willing to do like, Are you willing to wait that long? I mean, good games take that long. Good but games do take that long. We're getting into weird territory where, like, I don't know. You, you don't know. We no, don't know I, the right I, answer. It's a good I, conversation I, I, to have. I think, you know, the, 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 there, there's suggestions we can make. For me, it would be that, one, you, you create a body that allows itself to be actually representative of the game developers and not something mm-hmm. like the IGDA or the ESA, which has the companies you know behind them, and then allow them to, from there, do something more substantive in terms of create. No, create. I, I get what you're saying. What I mean is, like, you can make suggestions all you want, but it's getting that suggestion out the door and actually following through with the idea. I mean, for you them, know, it's, it's grassroots it's movements. Implementation of that. It's it's the implementation. And that's that's the hard hey, part. Hey, that's the the perfect line I can use to summarize this is actually from <laughs> C. Kaplan, and it's actually legitimately one of the best lines I've ever heard in my life. And I'm gonna start using it from now on. I'll leave you with this one: uh, If you're not at the table, then you're on the menu. I mean, yeah, simple. Yeah. And that's what game developers are. And so, what do I think it is like? You know, everyone's on the menu. Every, baby. Everyone's on the menu except for the studios, and so the it individuals who make those studios of... need to seize the means of production. No, <laughs> no, what they. Need... I was gonna say, it reminds me of Lord of the Rings, where meat's back on the menu, boys. And every time a new gaming fad comes out, that's what the gaming industry thinks. So, when... Meat's back on the menu. And there's no time just to wrap this all in a circle. More important than now, when games are blowing up and you're seeing. This large-scale uh, profitability like never before that these guys have the leverage. The developers, you have the leverage for once, and that's because if everyone at Epic or every developer at Epic tomorrow is like, nah, let's let's get let's get these uh, let's get these ladies and gentlemen a union, uh, and you know how quickly consumers be like, get them a fucking union. You try taking down a server <laughs> for an hour, you'll freak out. Right. But anyway. Uh, that was a uh, that was a good one. That was a good one. I thought uh, I enjoyed myself. Long conversation. Obviously, Solo does research. Everybody, obviously, he knows what he's talking about. Always, uh, he's very passionate about this stuff. Not always. Let's not, not always. Let's not not always. But when it comes to injustices, injustices, he's willing to speak his mind, ladies and gentlemen. Which is very Dark Knight very good for returns. everybody. It's some proper villains in the building. Yeah, yeah. For goodness' sake. Thank you for rocking with right. us. Let us know. Uh, let us know how you feel. Let us know if you have any thoughts about the issue and whether or not you think record-breaking game sales are the norm, and if this could lead into potential unionization in the future, or if we have the power. If we don't, let's know. What you yes, think. and should we okay. be pro-union or anti-union? Just kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Adios. Thank you for listening. We'll hit you back up on Friday.